0: What is up, Bills Mafia? Thank you for joining us on a slow news day in the middle of June. (laughs) Bills minicamp in full swing, and Ryan Talbot decides to take a day off on what could be maybe the biggest Bills news day of the year. He's been texting me uh, with limited service from Allegheny. He's on a school field trip, and he's like, oh, man, this would happen today. (laughs) Obviously, everybody's been following the Stefan Diggs saga that has been unfolded today. We were going to lay all of that out right here on the shout Buffalo bills football podcast. And I'm joined by my good friend. Uh, it's good to get back in the saddle with you, buddy. Uh, it, it was a regular practice during football season, even the off season to talk football bills, football with you on your radio show. And now we get a chance to do it right here. How are you? Brent? I'm great, man. I love that. I got that text
1: message this morning. I'm walking the dog and I get a text from Matt. And I'm thinking in the moment, like, okay, yeah, it's mini camp. Everybody's going to show up. Matt will go to practice. We'll react to some things. Oh no, 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 no no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We got so much more to get into Ryan of all the days for you to take <laughs> off. I, I feel like Wally pip today, or actually you're Wally pip. And I'm st- I, I'm the iron horse stepping in for Wally pip just for a day. What a day, uh, to, to jump in on everything. I was excited just to talk bills and then, uh, uh, Stefan Diggs happened. So uh, what do you say we try and make sense of all this for everybody out there,
0: man? We're still trying to figure it out, too. But let's lay this thing out first and foremost. So we get to the facility today, and it, Sean McDermott is doing his opening minicamp press conference, and he says that Stefan Diggs is not at minicamp. Uh, follow-up question, okay, is that a problem? Are you concerned? And he said he's very concerned about this development. So everybody's writing their stories. They get that out. We go out to the practice field, we're watching practice and I'm ready to, you know, dial in, do this observation show. Then a report comes out from Adam Schefter, who talked to Adisa Bakari, the agent for Stefan Diggs and said, oh, actually he's been in, Stefan Diggs has been in Buffalo since yesterday. His trainer with a, a report out from Fox sports said that he reported, took a physical. He was at the facility again on Tuesday. So now, Everybody's wondering what's going on here and as more pieces of the report came out the bills have actually uh, confirmed all of this. Stefan Diggs met with according to Ian Rappaport, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean and wide receivers coach Adam Henry today and you know they're they're trying to iron out an issue that Diggs has stemming back from last season. Josh Allen stepped to the podium today. He did an 11 minute press conference. And for the entirety of that press conference, we talked with him about Stefan Diggs and he tried to downplay all of it. He said it was, you know, the, the one quote that I pulled out that I think maybe we can, you know, start with here. Uh, Brent was that he thinks that it's an organization. This is all stemming from an organizational communication deal, uh, with Diggs and, we can go a, a bunch of different places with that. Here, let me just bring up, pull up the quotes so everybody knows. I think as an organization, maybe not communicating the right way with everything, Alan said. Where do you want to start with what you think is the most interesting part of this whole deal? Well, I think the most interesting part, Matt,
1: is I think Sean McDermott screwed up here when he came to that podium and said, very concerned, right? Don't come to a podium with things you don't know or miscommunicate if you will right because now we're hearing there were meetings there were things figured out here so i think that that's the number one thing here like and i i watched the presser you were there he was asked directly are you concerned Mm -hmm. right so that was an opportunity to answer that question in whatever way he wanted to and he didn't just see he didn't brush it off He didn't say no it's fine we're working and i said i'm very concerned right now based on everything we're hearing here The second thing I'm thinking here is when Josh comes to his press conference and he's talking about communication issues. Right. And I know we're going to get into this, but now you've got a new coach in place and I'm trying to decipher everything here because Vaughn Miller also said at his press conference that, ah, this isn't a big deal. Right. So Mm -hmm. if it's not that big of a deal, why can't you say what it is? Right. Why is everybody like, that's not a big deal, but I can't tell you what it is. Right. Because, Matt, I'll tell you, and you have found this out in, in covering this team. In my years covering this team, in, in my years just observing all these uh, practices, all the OTAs, involuntary, voluntary, whatever the case may be, only two things can make news, injuries or unhappy campers. <laughs> and that's what yep. we got today, right? We've got an unhappy camper, and we don't know why. So it's not like McDermott came to that presser and said, okay, uh, Stefan has an excused absence and, you know, he'll be back tomorrow or something like this was not a run of the mill transaction. And there's still mystery here. And when Josh was at his press conference and said, we don't want this to be a distraction. Hey, guess what? Toothpaste is out of that tube. It's yeah. officially a distraction. So now what do you do over the course of the next couple of days to give people, The answers to the questions that make that exactly what Vaughn Miller tried to make it today, which that's not a big deal. It's all going to be fine. A blip on the radar as it was put, right?
0: Yeah. So Brandon Bean said last week, and it was interesting. He said he was asked about Diggs showing up and he said he expected Diggs to be there and he hadn't been told anything otherwise. And if you go back a couple more months and – His approach to the offseason, I think it's a pretty healthy one, generally speaking, letting guys, no matter how a season ends, get away from the facility, the team, regroup, you know, revive themselves a little bit after the grind of an NFL season. There's a dangerous thing that could happen in there as well. Like if you let something fester, if you let a problem fester, I think it become potentially an even bigger problem. From the outside looking in with the information that we have, this was a situation that has been brewing with Diggs for months. It's why every single time we've met with McDermott, Bean, Josh Allen, Von Miller, Diggs has come up going back to the scouting combine. And it's because Teammates had to drag him back to the locker room. He left. He was out of there. I mean, he's a team captain. Obviously, something happened towards the end of last season that didn't sit right with him. You know, he went on that Super Bowl media tour and talked about it um, over and over again. Rich Eisen, Dan Patrick, you know, podcast, all that kind of stuff. And over the course of the offseason, no matter who you talk to, people were downplaying it. Like, oh, Diggs is Diggs will be Diggs, the crypto. Cryptic tweets aren't a big deal. When he gets back, he'll be locked in. He'll be ready to go. Well, he did get back today, yesterday, and he wasn't locked in. He wasn't ready to go. There needed to be conversations to be had. And to me, because we don't know all the information, we can just kind of infer in all of this kind of stuff. Adam Henry is his new wide receivers coach. We know that Chad Hall was very, very instrumental in the success that Stefan Diggs not only had here, but in the way that this offense worked over the last couple of years. And he kind of just faded off after last season and, and not a lot of information came out about why he moved into a different situation. Well, and Matt, Stephon that's where Diggs, I got to
1: put this on Diggs a little bit here because he hasn't shown up, right? Like, it's not training camp, and Josh Allen said today it's not game one, so you do have to, you know kind of put that in the conversation. But you've had an entire offseason to work with Henry, to work with McDermott to figure out what this is, because, you know, we're kind of going through process of elimination here. It's not a contract issue, right? Which, by the way, it better not be, because he's untradeable at right. this point with that cat pit, but we know it's not that. It was deemed a non-football issue. We're hearing about communication and all these vague terms. You know, it sounds like a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend broke up, but they just don't want to talk about it publicly, right? So let's figure out what this thing is and get it resolved. Now, I guess the good news in this is that you're working through this here, the last team function before you go away for your summer break and get into camp. But whatever this is, it has to be squared away before they go to they go to training camp right but you've had as you noted months to figure mm-hmm. this out and look digs blowing off steam tweeting doing the interviews whatever the case may be you know i'm just always amazed it's always the wide receivers right i don't know what it is about that position but it's always the wide receivers dude you've had 6 months to blow off steam mm-hmm. okay now it's big boy time you got to show up do your job and square this away and figure it out right I'm not trying to presume anything. I don't know what the issues are. I hope it's not anything serious. But when they're leaving it so vague, what happens is it creates a distraction because it leaves it open for interpretation here. And uh, th- look, the last we saw Stefan Stephon Diggs in a Buffalo Bills uniform, right, was when he stormed out of the locker room after right. the Cincinnati game. And I love that passion that's there. I still think of that picture of Diggs standing on the field in Kansas City. So, look, I think his heart's in the right place in some ways because he's just such a competitive guy. Allen staunchly stood up for him today, and that's all great, but how did we get to this point where McDermott's at a podium saying one thing, his agent's saying another, teammates are saying a third thing, and and everybody's trying to you know break the Da the, the Vinci code here and what exactly is going on?
0: Yeah, and it was interesting because Von Miller came out and said, was asked, like, what do you tell teammates about – the digs treatment, if you will, like, all right, he's not at minicamp. Like, you know, maybe some other people are like, you know, what's going on here. And, and Vaughn said simply "Mind, I'd say mind your business because (laughs) some players are treated differently. Some players have earned a different level of communication. Mm -hmm. Some people have to actually be interacted with in different ways. And that's part of, What I think Sean McDermott has done such a great job at over the course of his tenure is figuring out a way to understand his players, what they need from a communication standpoint. And to me, this feels like a breakdown in that communication. It seems to me like this was a let let him blow off some steam for a few months. He'll come back and everything will be fine. Right. They just signed this. They just renegotiated this new contract. Um, he got paid in a big way, which is what he was waiting for. They restructured it. So they must've been confident enough in, in, from their end. And maybe this is just a miscalculation on some of the things that have transpired that have led to his uneasiness. I think one thing that I, I will point out, and I want to get more into what Josh Allen talked about today. Cause there's a lot, I think he gave the most of anybody like bond. Didn't really want to get too far into it. He, he basically said like, I'm just focused on winning the Super Bowl. I don't really know what's going on with Diggs, even though he said he talks to him all the time. And a couple of weeks ago, he thought he was <laughs> going to be at minicamp, which to be fair, he was there. So I guess it's how you want to look at it. But, you know, Josh Allen, he said, this is not a big deal. This is something that, you know, he he's trying to bring down the, the heat on this uh, from the outside. And he used the media term. Like, I know the media is going to make a big deal of this. Buddy, it's not the media. No. Like, go check out the fan base right now. And yeah. that's what I try to do is keep my finger on the pulse of this thing. People are worried. You, you don't get a chance to be in this kind of a window very often where you have the roster, you have the quarterback, you have the talent on both sides of the ball. And I think you make an argument, Brent, that this team is more talented than it was a year ago, which I think you got to look at it and say, that's exciting. You figure Ken Dorsey – takes a jump from year one to year two. There's a lot to be bullish on when it comes to this team. But this is the kind of stuff if I'm a fan sitting here right now and I think back to the Minnesota situation three, four years ago and how that deteriorated because they were on the come up too. They didn't have the same level of quarterback. But when you're talking about Thielen and Cook and and Diggs in their in their primes together, that was a really good collection of talent there. And it just well it never never worked. Let me kind of add in here and the comments are
1: flowing on this and where this anxiety comes from. And for Josh to say, the media is going to take this and run with it. Like, come on, man, you're not giving us any information here. You know, information will dispel something like this. The lack of information only grows the speculation and the vagueness of it, as we put it earlier. But now what's the one position on this team where people still have a little anxiety? It's wide receiver, right? Because the the mere thought in the heads of Bills fans that Diggs wouldn't be on the field creates a little anxiety. Gabe Davis is not a number one wide receiver. We're going to talk about Shakir and a few other guys coming up later here. And I'm excited about Dalton Kincaid. And you're right. This team may be deeper and more talented top to bottom than it was a year ago. But the one position I look at and I'm still not sure about is wide receiver. Now, Josh Allen makes up for a lot of those faults. This has been well covered and you know, it's a a position where you can get away with it, right? But Diggs is a star. Diggs is the guy, right? Every quarterback out there has their guy. Mahomes is Kelsey, and we can go through the list. Diggs is Allen's guy. So if there's any potential thought of a rift or something going on here, it's going to give fans anxiety about this, especially because, you know, look, they're, they're boys, as we know. They just gave him that big contract, right? And he's the one guy that wasn't there. Right. The one guy that wasn't, he's there, but he wasn't at practice. Right. So, you know, it's just it, it, it's not a mountain out of a molehill situation. Hopefully tomorrow we'll, we'll be looking back on this and hey, they figured everything out. It was just that one day blip on the radar that they said. But that's where that anxiety comes from, because we don't know. It's not an injury. It's not a personal excuse. It's not, you know, a myriad of things that if they had clarified what it is, everybody's like, OK, cool, we'll see a training camp. Because it's vague, because it's a mystery at this point, it's only going to fuel that anxiety at a position where the Bills, that's the one position I'd circle on the roster more than any. They could use the least amount of anxiety at this point. And let me throw this back at you. So the contract is, it's untradeable. Diggs is no leverage there. But what kind of leverage do you think he has in this whole thing? That we're going through right now to hold out. That's not the right term, I guess, but to not be out there today.
0: I mean, if he's not happy and you're going to have him in the building not being happy, I don't think anybody wants that. And I think maybe that is the frustration on the organization's part is that until this gets worked out, I don't know if you want to kind of like let that back into the building or let that simmer in the building until all things are figured out so i think it was actually really healthy what they were doing like having him here having some conversations and according to ian rapaport in his conversations with uh bakari the agent things were they're trending in a really good direction so i think this comes back full circle to something that you were just saying at the beginning of the show is that maybe mcdermott just mishandled this whole situation sometimes you can put a little pressure on guys through the media. He's done it in the past at times in a, you know, not as a high profile way. But at this time of year, you have to know that everything that you say is, you know, people, you, you know, when the, like a video game comes out or back in the day when Blockbuster existed, a DVD was coming out and people would camp out in front of the store waiting to be the first one in line to get in there and get the new copy, get it home, watch the movie, play the video game fitting with Josh Allen on the cover of Madden. I used to do there that go. years yeah. back. That's literally what happened on social media for the past three days. People were lining up, setting up their tent, waiting for Tuesday to see if Stefan Diggs was going to be at training camp. And so when you have that kind of anticipation and then you throw a, a firecracker out there uh, uh, weeks before July 4th that you know, you're very concerned about Diggs not being there – the entire NFL world shut down today, and that's what everybody was talking about. And so maybe that was calculated. Maybe that was a little bit of pressure put back on Stefan Diggs. I don't necessarily know the philosophy behind it from McDermott's end. Maybe it was a miscalculation. I don't know, but it definitely sent things into a very heightened more like a sped up way in, in the media world over the course of the day with a lot of different people throwing out different things as part of the story. Let me add this, Matt, and then, you know, I'm sure people want to hear some observations
1: from practice today and we, we can take a step forward from this, but Sean McDermott is running the defense now, right? So he is putting his full trust in Ken Dorsey to run this offense. Right. And what we saw today was kind of a, a, an early test of Sean McDermott, now he's the head coach, he speaks for everything, right? But because we're left to speculation here, I have to speculate, like, what is Ken Dorsey's role in all this? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there because he is fully in charge of that offense with McDermott running the defense, now calling plays on game day. Right? When we get to game day, you know he is fully immersed on that defense. So Dorsey's got to own the offense a little bit more here. McDermott's the head coach, he speaks for everybody, I understand that. But this is kind of like an early view of like, okay, well, what's going on on the offensive side of the ball here when it is fully Ken Dorsey show. It was last year too, but like everybody's expecting a big step forward in that sense. I just wanted to throw that out there for a discussion, like, because that's what I've been left to do. That's what you've been left to do. Right. That's what we've all been left to do. Just speculate at this point. So the, the more they can quell this speculation over the next couple of days before they break camp, the better.
0: And Allen said something kind of during his press conference today that I think alluded to some of this. And he said, you know, they spoke today, Diggs and Allen, and obviously there's been a lot of conversations happening within the building with him uh, today. And he said, there's going to be more moving forward. And he specifically mentioned as an organization, QB receiver, offensive coordinator, and everything that goes into that process. So I do think that, If you're Stefan Diggs, right, and and one of the pieces of the report that came out is like, all right, and this was, I think, from the Fox Sports report where, you know, the the reporter talked to the trainer that Diggs actually worked out with on Sunday. Let me actually bring that up real quick. Uh, Henry McKenna uh, works for Fox Sports. He spoke with uh, Myron Flowers. Um, and and I'll actually read the quote from Flowers. I don't know that he's upset with the coaches. I mean, there's a lot of frustration that goes with losing a game in the postseason, but because of the level of frustration and not knowing, I think it would be good that he's there and they open up a conversation on what the plan is. What do you guys find after evaluating last season to figure out what we need to do? What do I need to do? Mm. So maybe some frustration, whether it be with Ken Dorsey, the plan. And don't forget, like he was very close with Brian Dable, like, you know, whenever he talked about the impact that Dable had on his career and this offense, like there was always going to be that kind of awkward shift to whatever that new iteration was. And I, and I think that they went with the safest path in Dorsey. I've, I've maintained this. I think coming in and bringing in a completely new voice with a completely new system and kind of like stunting the growth potentially of, of Josh Allen in this offense would have been a risk. And I think having Dorsey just add his own piece to it was a little bit safer. Now, did they run into some hiccups along the way without a doubt? And I think that Dorsey, even though he didn't say a lot, you know, when we got a chance to talk to him a couple of weeks ago, I think that he kind of inferred that, but yeah, the Dorsey piece to this is interesting. One more thing I want to get to here really quick. Uh, Somebody, you know, mentions it uh, in the comments, Matt Klein, are we calling D hop's agent LOL? <laughs> There's a couple pieces of this. Number one, just jokingly, like, you know, if you do get to a point with Diggs and listen, Diggs, Josh Allen said it best. The bills go as digs go. He's as important to this thing. I would say that outside of Allen, because he's kind of in his own boat. Diggs is the straw that stirs the drink for this offense. Like everything that they do is based off of what he's able to do. And, you know, de- defense talk about it. Like if you take him out of this offense, that's when de- defense and defensive coordinators feel the, the most comfortable. But the D hop stuff is interesting because, and I joke like, oh yeah, that would be a good way to, if you're Brandon Bean, getting mad about this whole interaction with Diggs, go out and, you know, go sign Deandre Hopkins and say, <laughs> all right, you know, stay home or whatever. No, you're not going to do that. You go back to Minnesota right? And everything that led to the downfall of that situation and Diggs has been open. He was on a podcast, I believe maybe in season last year. I can't remember exactly when it was. And he, he said the biggest problem was he didn't feel like communication from the organization was what it needed to be from, you know, them wanting to be a run first team to his role as the top dog in that offense for in the passing game. Like they treated Adam Thielen, I think as Wide receiver one in a lot of ways, and that didn't sit well with him. All this noise about DeAndre Hopkins all all offseason, the Bills being linked to him, the interest, Brandon Bean even saying, like, we're always going to check on good players. Brent, maybe that doesn't sit well with Stefan Diggs. Like, maybe Stephon Diggs is probably asking, okay, we got everything that we need right here. He said that during his media tour during the Super Bowl. And
1: here's where I'm going to side with Stefan Diggs, right? Because what we're hearing about is communication. What we're hearing about is Look, these guys, we talked about it earlier, something about that wide receiver position. They need their ego stroked, right? Now, I don't think Diggs should take it the wrong way about all the D-hop talk. It's just another weapon that can help get this team over the hump. And I, I feel like if the Bills could afford D-hop, he would be there at this point. It's just, its just It's a tight cap situation. Now, let's go back to, boy, pick a spot last year. How many times were we sitting there watching a game, particularly in the first half going into halftime? And you're looking at the box score and you're like, how does Diggs only have one target right now, right? I remember tweeting that several times last year. Now, how much of that is Dorsey? How much of that is Josh Allen? I think you got to put some of that on Josh Allen. He's not absolved of this, right? So how much of that carries over here? The frustration in the Cincinnati game, but it's what we said earlier, Matt. Like at some point, Diggs has to get over that and get on the field and prove it again, and not showing up through the offseason didn't help that. I don't know how much communication there was beyond that, like he was there this morning. So what is that one last thing they got to work out here to get over this? Right now, I thought you brought up a great point with all the speculation in the offseason about D-Hop and what the Bills have to do. And, you know, I don't know how much Diggs, you know, needs people to kind of stroke his ego, but apparently he does. So I'll do it for you right now. Hey, Stefan, you are one of the best wide receivers in the national football league. This offense is nothing without you. This team is not a super bowl contender without you. You the man. like, what, what do you need me to say? What do you need me to tell you? Like, just get on the field and prove it. That that's, that's kind of where I'm at at this point.
0: Yeah. And I think like, listen, we could sit here and try to figure out what this is about. But until we hear from Diggs. I also, you know, want to hear from him what the big problem is. And I think, listen, this is the problem that comes along with like Von Miller, win or lose last year, $20 million guy in the best of times, the worst of times. He stepped to the podium. He was real. He said, what happened? What was the problem? And obviously he got injured. He didn't have to really answer for things um, right after the game. But he also did the next couple of days and I think when you like keep it all in and you like you know you're talking around things he was asked several times about you know his issues during the Super Bowl week and long story short, it's a problem with the way that this offense fell off in the second ha- half in his opinion and he you know Josh Allen said it too he's an all- in kind of guy so for him to get dialed back up to a hundred, reinvest, get back after it I think maybe you know piecing things together. Having questions for the bills be answered before he kind of gets it dialed up again. I guess I could give you. Uh, I guess I could have a little understanding for that, but I think the the bottom line is minicamp started. It's mandatory. He wasn't here. It's going to be talked about, and it's going to be. There's going to be worry because here's another piece to all this, and I think this is where a lot of fans come from when it's like the annoyance in the situation or the panic. It's about the fact that you're in a Super Bowl window. You have one of the most talented rosters in the league. You know, you have one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And where else would you have a better situation than you have right here? I mean, you have Hopkins on the free agent market right now. He gets signed with any team in the NFL. And he's going on visits to the Titans with Ryan Tannehill and the Patriots and Mac Jones. It those aren't situations that I, I think Stefan Diggs is looking to kind of go into and, and and leave what he's what he has here. So I think Man, it's going to be interesting to, to, to see this thing transpire over the next couple of days. We'll have you covered on that.
1: Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.
0: Let's switch gears here for a second. We were out of practice today. A couple of really notable things happened. I'm going to write my uh, observations column Uh, after the show, obviously we had to spend some time on some dig stuff. We'll start with Dawson Knox and spin here in the, in the comments said Knox got injured today. Question mark, question mark, question mark. He did the severity of the injury. We don't know because I'll take you into the play. Dawson Knox down the field. They were, they were working. I think it was his red zone there and get down towards the goal line. Uh, maybe a 20, 30 yard pass from Josh Allen, uh, Taylor Rapp comes into the play. He ends up having one-on-one coverage, makes a really good play on the ball, ends up being incomplete. But at the last second, Kyrie Elam coming from the other side of the field, comes flying into the play. Knox didn't see him, collides with him. Knox kind of lands funny. And a lot of look, observations, reports that came out said they thought it was a knee I didn't. I don't want to speculate on that. It looked like a some type of leg injury, whether it be the foot, the ankle, the knee, whatever it was. He was down for you know a good thirty seconds. Trainers were looking at him. They end up getting him off the field. He's laying down there. They continue to look at him for a bit. Stands up, walks on it, works it out a little bit, and then the trainers kind of bounce. He's kind of walking up, down, back and forth. Josh Allen comes over and checks on him. Uh, Poyer and Hyde come over and check on him. He walks uh, down the length of the sideline, rejoins the huddle. Uh, behind the play where um, the Bills were still working in some team drills um, and then nothing with any trainers the rest of practice. He didn't return to practice, but it's definitely one of those ones where you take a deep breath, Brent, because a lot is predicated on what I think they want to do with these two tight ends. And if you were to lose him for any extent, uh, a period of time, if it were to be a, a couple-month-type situation injury, man, that would be big time.
1: Well, we said it earlier. There's only two things that make ner- news out of these <laughs> mini camps, right? It's injuries and and unhappy campers. So, I just love what I've been reading and seeing about how enthusiastic Dawson Knox has been adding Kincaid, the two tight end thing that everybody's really excited about here. He's become a leader. I think people have fully come around on Dawson Knox. Um, I, there are many things I've tweeted in the past that just, just ignore that. Just, you know, just, just scroll by that. Don't, <laughs> don't search my name in Dawson Knox. Okay. That's that, that wouldn't be a good thing. Right. But it just shows you how he's evolved and the trust that's there. And you just don't want to hear anything going into training camp. Like there's the anxiety of the digs thing. Cause it, you don't know, and you don't want any anxiety about any injuries when everybody fully loaded, ready to go, nothing to worry about over the next few weeks, before training camp starts. Right. But it just goes to show you the leadership role he has on this team is rolling the offense. And man, I have been such an advocate over the years to get the tight end involved more in the offense. I mean, it speaks for itself what Kelsey has done and and Kittle has done and others have done in the sport. And the fact that the bills are about to, I think go in on that. I think Ken Dorsey is kind of uh, thrown some cold water on Kincaid at this point. And that's fair. You don't want to put too many expectations on a rookie, but they're clearly going to do it. And they're clearly going to incorporate it in the offense. And it's clearly what they need in the offense. Right. So if you take one half of that equation out, theoretically, like you don't want to be suiting up Monday night football week one against the jets and have somebody like that out of the lineup and put too much pressure on a rookie.
0: Yeah. Um, for as much as Dorsey is maybe pouring some cold water on the Kincaid hype train, Von Miller isn't, this Dalton Cave <laughs> kid is insane with Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis. We got those guys back the ball. They go score and we line it up and do it again. So obviously a lot of hype there. And obviously in the practice setting, Dalton Kincaid has been a smashing success. There's no pads on yet, Brent. We can't overreact to this stuff. We got to take it with a grain of salt. But man, he made a he made another catch today. I mean, Kincaid, he made multiple catches. He was, he's involved. He's he's out there, he's working, he's getting his chemistry in with, with Josh Allen. But he made one over the middle where, you know, you really like to see it. Like, you know, kind of hearing some footsteps. I think it was uh Terrell Bernard who in in a in a live session probably puts the hit stick on him which you kind of excited to see how he reacts in those situations as well but super reliable that to me is the biggest piece the biggest Kincaid piece for me in 2023 and we could have a side conversation here actually on Kincaid before we get to anything else long story short on Knox real quick let's wrap that up I don't know how injured he was. Um, Nobody gave an update. We were all talking about Stefan Diggs after practice. So we'll see if he's out there, maybe working off to the side tomorrow, if maybe anybody after practice talks, uh, maybe gives a little insight on that. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Um, It's a very good sign that trainers were not involved for the last 15, 20 minutes of practice with anything with Knox as he kind of stood and watched and walked around. What's your stat projection on Kincaid? Ooh. year one because this is something it's a conversation i've been having on the sideline as we've been watching the last couple of weeks and it it varies for everybody i'll give you mine first um and then you can react to it i think that there is a world that we live in a very real world we live in where he takes a run at 45 50 receptions in that's year what one.
1: popped in my head about 50 catches and i don't think that's unreasonable You know, man, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I was watching all those Pac-12 after dark games. (laughs) Okay. But when you started to look at the film and look at the numbers and look at how much Utah used him in that offense, how much they relied on him in that offense. I love the head start that he comes into the National Football League with. He clearly was targeted a bunch. He's used to it. He's a hybrid player. I mean, he's listed at tight end, but he, he's essentially a wide receiver, right? So I love that he's in that mind frame. They don't have to adjust there. And I just feel like this is somebody who can step right in and be a part of that offense when, you know, with Diggs on the field, right? In those moments, in those first halves where you're like, why isn't Diggs getting the ball? Well, at least there's now somebody out there on the field that – and. You know, maybe Diggs, don't don't be listening to this right now. But if somebody's going to take some of his targets away in, in a game, it's gonna be because you know Kincaid's gonna be out there and Knox is gonna be involved in that passing game. So I just man, that that draft pick just fell into place. It really did. And I know that's what they all say. Like that was our guy all along and everything, but I truly believe it this time. Like when they looked at the board and how it was falling and the trade that they made and who was there, he was the best player for the Buffalo Bills in that spot. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that because it's just that's what you need. That's the game. It's not a knock on Knox because I think he got much more involved in the passing game and became a reliable target in a way. But can K just bring some flair to that
0: position? And I like that. I, I think it just comes down to – easy buttons that you could find for Josh Allen. And I think, you know, I've talked about him quite a bit the last couple of weeks. I think Deontay Hardy is going to be a hot name to watch during training camp. He's Maybe your, guy. He's He's your guy. guy. Dude, when you get out there and see him, Brent, like if you get out to St. John Fisher, the dude can fly. I, I haven't actually, it's been so much. I took a couple of videos from him in our practice. I got to put those up on social media. So check out my, my Twitter feed for that later on uh, in the program. Look, check this out. Last year, here's, here's the target share. Uh, for the Bills offense, 154 digs, 93, 93, Gabe Davis, 65, Isaiah McKenzie, 65, Dawson Knox, 52, Devin Singletary, 32, James Cook, and maybe split the difference there. Maybe Cook goes up to like 45 targets this season. There, there's going to be targets for Dalton Kincaid there. I mean, you just, you erased those 65 for McKenzie. Yep. Uh, Shakir had 20, uh, 13 for Jamison Crowder. Um, You you even bring Diggs down maybe 20, 30. uh, Gabe Davis hovers around that 80 to 90 mark and you're going to find a way to get Kincaid involved. And I think as he gets more comfortable, he's just going to force his hand in this offense.
1: And I, what popped to me there was the targets for Singletary. Like, I don't want to hear that many targets for a running back in this right. offense next year, right? When you when uh, Kincaid, I think, essentially,
0: you know, fills in that role. It fills in that void that was there. Another big play today. Um, speaking of what is their role going to be in 2023, let me get out my handy-dandy notebook here because I want to make sure that I have the uh, play exactly. So it was during 11-11 the I think it was the third segment and the Bills were driving down the field Josh Allen goes back to pass and fires in an absolute bullet in between Damar Hamlin and Terrell Bernard and it was a touchdown strike to none other than Khalil Shakir and Mm -hmm. listen Shakir has been every bit as steady as I felt like he was down the stretch last season like to me if you go back and watch that playoff game, I I think it was the Cincinnati game. He made that really big play in the red zone uh, in the snow Mm -hmm. that set up the bills, I think for their, their lone touchdown there. Um, He has that Gabe Davis trait where, all right, put me anywhere you want. I'm going to find a way to make a play. And he's still giving off those vibes in year two. And I think it's a, it's an interesting storyline to track because where does he fit in? If you get Kincaid somehow, um, involved heavily in this offense who takes a step back with you know the sherfields of the world and the Deontay Hardy's of the world looking to try to make their their a little noise themselves and by the way Sherfield made a really nice catch at 11 on 11 today too he's getting a little bit more of an opportunity with things not out there. Well and I,
1: I was wondering about Sherfield so I'm glad you said that because I think he could really bring stabilization is the word that comes to mind right Just a steady four, five, six catched per game guy if he can establish himself out there and get some kind of rapport with Josh Allen. But we're talking about wide receivers right now, Matt, but I think this applies to the whole team. McDermott and Bean are going to have some really tough decisions to make at the end of camp. This could be one of the more fascinating camp cut down posts that you're going to write in, in the time you've been on this beat because there's going to be some really good players that just don't make this team. I'm not saying Sherfield's on that list, but there's just depth at every position here. I'm still a little you know, in observation mode on the wide receivers here, but it's in a good way. It's like, who pops? Who stands out? Who's the guy that, that puts his hand up and says, I'm going to make plays? So that's good to hear about Shakir. I think he made a great point about what he did towards the end of last year. But I like that they added some veterans, Shearfield included, into the mix here to just get – you want a solid top-to-bottom list of receivers. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be bad days. There's just going to be things that – Happen to this offense, and you need somebody to step up. And maybe we didn't see enough of that at times in this offense in recent years. They relied too much on Josh Allen to just go out there and make magic
0: with what he had. Now I feel like he's he's truly got some depth in that room to work with. Uh, I got a little housekeeping here. I got to get this on your radar. If this is your first time in in a while, we got a big show coming up. Wing nuts on June twenty third. Ryan and I are back live in person. Come out. You can eat the best some of the best wings in town a bunch of Bill's players have been up at wing nuts and I'm pretty sure Dorian Williams thinks that wing nuts is the best place in town. So come check out the wings that everybody's talking about. It's inside froth brewing company. That's at 700 military road, wing nuts and froth kind of merged. And uh, a lot of people have had trouble finding it, but just put in 700 military road. It'll get you there. They have some of the most delicious beers in town on tap, at least 25 every single time there's IPAs, there's fruity beers, there's sours, there's, Everything that you could dream of—it's great, and you get to talk bills with Ryan and I. It is a great night, Brown. We got to get been you out there. one of these I nights. Know, I was gonna say, I'll hop in the car with uh, the legend Chris Baker. Shout
1: out to him. Yes, I make a run out to, to Wing Nuts. What, what's your go-to at this point?
0: Now I know they're all good, but like, what's been the go-to the past couple so, of years? I've been there. I get kind of yelled at from the from the from the owner. He keeps trying to like set me up with a new flavor to try them all out because I love the wing nuts mild and everybody's like mild wings You're Like <laughs> you feel the machismo coming in like you can't have mild wings what kind of thing is that there's a layer there's a, a hint of spice to them but it's the flavor I'm telling you it's mouthwatering it's like it's 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 unlike any sauce you've ever had and that's their signature sauce the one that you know was featured on barstool and when people come in and talk about it so you got to try that but what they offer is too and this is something that you and Chris have to do. You can get a wing flight and what that it's like a beer oh, flight. So no they problem. give you up to six sauces, two wings each for each sauce. So you could try all the different flavors. They got all these different like Cajun sauces. They do wing nuts, mild, medium and hot. And then they do Buffalo mild, medium and hot. And they both have their, their own flair. It's, it's awesome. It's it's a great time. We got to have you out. We'll figure it out. That all sounds great. And you get to hang with Ryan
1: and Matt and talk bills and, Summer will go by. Next thing you know, it'll be training Mm -hmm. camp, but uh, fantastic. Love that you guys are getting out there. And shout out to everybody watching today on YouTube and being a part of this thing. Now, is this the first pod you've done since the Bills Media Tournament? Is everybody watching and listening aware that Matt Perino, along with Brandon Bean, and you'll have to tell me the other two guys that were in your foursome.
0: Dan Fates
1: and Kevin Meegank. You guys won the Bills Media Golf Tournament. Perino shows up cold, hasn't been playing, and he's hitting bombs and wins the thing.
0: Let's go! Congratulations, he, man. Thank you. And these are facts. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. I was actually going to have Dan Fates on at some point. I mm-hmm. think we got to connect maybe next week, and, and we'll, we'll 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 talk a little bit more in detail. But yes, that is a fact. I hadn't picked up a golf club since. August of last year, went over to Cloverbank Country Club. And I just said, I didn't know. You you find out you're pairing the morning of. And so I get to the course and you walk down the one row and they got all the names on the carts. And of course, there I am with Brandon Bean, who is (laughs) as competitive as it's been told that he is. And so a little bit of pressure. But I thought, you know what? I'm up front. I said, I haven't played any golf this year. Don't expect a lot. And I think that was the the ticket because I just went out there and it was the the best of times, the best I ever played golf. Like if you take like my, I don't know my my fifty best shots of my career, right? I was somehow able to bring in thirty of those wow. to the media golf tournament and just hit them all and it was was great. I'm sure Bean was impressed.
1: Who who does best
0: under pressure, man?
1: Perino just showing up, and that's the that's the way to do it. You hadn't played. No pressure you're not your own head you're not thinking about your slice or your this or your that that's me right now right if i showed yeah. up at that tournament right i'm so in my head right now brandon bean would have kicked me out of there on the fourth hole like get out of here buddy we'll, we'll, we'll take it from here <laughs>
0: it's all right you're just got to find it once you find it you ease into your, your 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 uh your swing and i think the most important thing is just just have fun because man I'll, I'll tell you right. I'm long past the days where I let golf get me down. There's too many other things that get me down. When I'm out on the course, have a couple beers, swing a couple clubs, and get on with my day. And listen, nobody's going to the PGA tour. Although Brandon Bean might be able to, if he really put everything else aside and focused in on golf, he might be able to make the tour. I'm not kidding. He's that good. Well, he say,
1: what's
0: what's the thing with Bean's game? What's so, like, is he great? He's good, he good everywhere. everywhere? Or game? What is it? he's good everywhere, but this is the difference. He makes golf shots that you and I wouldn't even attempt. So like 190 out pulling out the four iron hits it like 15 feet from the cup on the green. Like that's a shot I'm laying up. I'm trying to get like a decent chip shot or something, roll it up the green or the fairway as far as it'll go. Now he goes up there and he sticks it right under the, that's just crazy. So um, it was a fun day. Um, I'll, I'll have more on this next week. We're going we're gonna to dive into it. We'll get uh, Fates on here. We'll give you the full uh, inside scoop on what it was like to play with Brandon Bean. Brent, thank you so much, my my friend. Uh, you pinch hit. You hit 1,000 today. You went four for four with a dinger. Uh, I'm proud of you. The baseball coach coming out of me uh, right there. But uh, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thank you, to everybody watching and listening. A pleasure to be here anytime. Talbot's lost in, in the woods in Pennsylvania or wherever he is. Just dial me up. Happy to be here talking bills with, with you and everybody here today, my friend. Let's see uh, what the, the next couple of days of camp bring, mm. if for drama or not, but we know Matt's going to be all over it. So thank you, my friend.
0: All right, he's Brent. I'm Matt. We will be back tomorrow, uh, Brian Tal- or, uh, Ryan Talbot. Brian Talbot is returning to the seat. Uh, it'll be exciting to get his uh, thoughts on all of this.
1: Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.